Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your hosts, the Shadow Bros, Taylor and Isaac. Shadow Boys. <laughs> What's up, Isaac? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to just restart? <laughs> no way. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought every time I think you're going to ask me, how are you doing? Or do you switch it up? No, I say, what's up, Isaac, every, every episode. Oh, God. Well, anyway, so then I have my answer in my head, and you ask that. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we're in my closet for uh, audio, I don't know, efficiency. Yeah, the, uh, the quality of the podcast has been a little lesser. I realize also I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust the microphone oh, okay. as this is happening. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, that's probably a dangerous sucks. strategy. Yeah, totally. But I'm more of a hunchy sitter than I am a upright, good posture boy like you. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, we're in the closet for uh, sound quality purposes. So, so we'll see how this goes. So hopefully this sounds really this good. This could all have been in testing, but <laughs> this is the podcast intro. <laughs> totally. So we're also running a fun experiment because Taylor and I just got our second doses. So we're podcasting before. Of the vaccine. Right. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? As opposed to what? I don't know. Acid or... Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so we're podcasting before we keel over or nothing happens. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But also this microphone is posi- perfectly positioned to where I can only just see your eyes. We're talking across it. <laughs> so I don't know why. It's just way different. <laughs> we're in a closet. So that's going on too. Yeah. It's very intimate. Yeah. All this visual media. Welcome. For our audio. <laughs> an audio media okay um if this is your first episode uh welcome uh we're we're isaac and taylor and we host this podcast and um this is our spoiler season part three episode so typically we have um different segments and other shit we talk about but we're just gonna be talking about spoilers and monarch and and that sort of thing in this episode so um yeah and next episode sometime in may we'll be we'll be back on track right we'll probably do like two a month and it'll be more i don't know content dense with our our like fun things and stuff Um, analytical i don't know yeah we just the past three we're just rambling about spoilers but uh you know this is our third installment um you know just trying to talk about what we see in the game to come totally and uh but yeah we'll we'll get back to the good old stuff if you're just tired of us talking about specific (laughs) cards (laughs) and that that goes for you uh faithful fans of the podcast um we were calling you guys our listener group battle buddies but somebody also sorry if i can't remember who said this but uh shout out to you listener who said attactioners or attactioneers maybe is what we should call our audience i like attactioneers okay cool 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 so to you uh the attactioneers um we still won't be doing any of our signature segments but believe you me after we draft monarch and stuff we're gonna have our pick pass prey and it's gonna be legit and i can't wait to really stump you with the flavor text quiz oh yeah with all the new cards <laughs> yeah totally. i've been reading flavor text though on the spoiled cards <laughs> oh have you to, yeah because well it's, it's really good but i'm like oh yeah i, I also need to read this <laughs> awesome um i also did not make a brute intro video because there's going to be new cards coming up 
Oh, okay. Um, cool. I just decided. Well, it was like I was gonna produce a how to play brute, you know, three weeks before Monarch comes out, and then right. who knows, the whole thing might have changed. So totally screw that. We'll we'll get back to it. Fair in enough. A month or whatever. We're podcasters, not YouTubers. Yeah. As you can tell, if you look at our podcast feed compared to our YouTube feed, it's also free flow. So totally. It's just I decide not to. <laughs> exactly. We're the masters of our own destiny. <laughs> Um, okay, so a few announcements before we get into our news. So announcement number one, um, the we signed up for a pre-release with Lucky TC Gaming. Shout out to Lucky and uh, Colin. Uh, but we're not going to get our packs in time, and we didn't feel like paying an extra $30 to get them shipped overnight to part- participate in that event because uh, we have our own friendship together with one another and we could just play in person um so but what we're gonna do is we're going to make a uh sealed play youtube video so isaac will open his six packs and walk you through his um reasoning for what he's going to choose and play and then i'll do the same and then you'll see us play against each other and we'll make a video out of that with those packs and stuff so if you're into sealed strategy or cracking packs, as like everybody is, totally. it seems, yeah. um, it, it, you know, and some gameplay, we'll have yeah. all of it. It'll it'll obviously be after everybody has done their pre-release <laughs> weekend, right. but potentially you might be playing more sealed or that sort of thing. Um, and just uh, if you missed out on it, you'll get to see kind of what that format looks like anyway i mean ton everybody's going to be playing well at least because we have a bunch of boxes and we're going to draft them yeah totally as opposed to just yeah. opening them which it's also fun to open yeah. but i imagine a lot of you out there will be playing sealed okay perfect. or or draft yeah um soon here yeah so we'll try we'll get that out uh sometime next week which would be the first week in may in right. 2021 we're on it taylor's totally. looking at me i'm looking yeah. at you yep yeah. Check, check mark. Check we mark. got it. Okay. The other bit of news is uh, on our next podcast, which will be probably after May 15th or something like that, mid-May, after we've gotten our, our boxes, we've played draft, we've played sealed, and we've played in the uh, uh, 5K Armory event that Lucky TCG Gaming is putting on. We will then have a podcast then, and we will um, – give you guys the link to our patreon page so we're going to start oh yeah patreon um and so we're letting you know now that we're going to start it and you will get we're just giving you the heads up so and if you have any ideas for kind of maybe uh patreon supporter bonus content or that sort of thing oh yeah what do you you guys want you you would like to see um we'll put that on there and i think the levels initially are going to be four and seven will be the donation levels just because those are the best attacks are fours and nice. sevens yeah so i'm, I'm like an eights too. <laughs> dominate for eight yeah so like above a defense reaction um, and a card that defends for three totally anyway. um yeah and uh you know this podcast does take you know a certain amount of like time and resources and effort and like if we do something analytical or gameplay but then we do a bunch of homework first and then do the part you know so um it does take quite a bit of effort from us even though it just sounds like we just drink beers and ramble for an (laughs) evening 
twice a month, actually, <laughs> we are doing something. So anyway, if like if you don't have it, just enjoy our podcast for free, you know. But if you like, if you can support us in any way in any amount, you know, it'd be greatly appreciated, and we'll keep you know keep doing it. Yeah, keep getting totally. good guests on, keep making good content. Yeah, yeah, and it was mainly brought around when we had some like sound issues, and I thought maybe the microphone was broken. And I was going to have to buy another mic. And I was like, gosh, that's just like such yeah. a bummer. Um, so anyway, that'll help in case uh, catastrophe strikes and that sort of thing. So right. we really appreciate it. And we'll give you all of the information and details next episode. But heads up. Okay. Uh, let's move into the news, which is pretty short, but monumental. Blitz decks are the pre-con blitz decks are delayed a week. So, um, which kind of sucks for us because I was betting on using some of those cards for our. Um, oh, even ours are? I thought it was just the next print run. No, I think ours are also delayed. The ones that are coming ah, out shit. <laughs> are delayed. This is terrible news. So we're going to get them like <laughs> the weekend of the 5K. Gotcha. At Lucky. So Ooh. I'm hoping to round out whatever build I have come have to, up with. I have to bribe the mailman to show it our house first. <laughs> yeah. So we can open them and deck build before the tournament starts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you better have your list down. But like getting to have like three copy or two copies of everything will maybe make it easy. Maybe we won't need it. Who knows? Maybe we'll be fortunate. Anyway. Yeah. So that affects us. Maybe it affects you. Just so you know, that's there. Um, and then the other thing is LSS announced that they are going to have a calling in New Zealand and Australia, I believe, in June, July-ish time. And along with that announcement was the potential for calling events to come to the U.S. and Europe. COVID restrictions pending, pending and yeah. that sort of thing, um, which is huge. Yeah, and, so if, if and you, daunting as well. Yeah, totally. It's coming. Yeah. We gotta do something serious. Get your vaccine. Yeah, everybody. That's what I'm saying. Um. So yeah, for those of you that don't know, the calling's like the biggest, right? It's like, you know, it's like a the biggest, most serious. Yeah, professional tournament. level tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So instead of just skirmishes with random prizes, now you'll have something to travel to and compete in and be in person yeah. yeah so i don't know how they're going to do it i don't know if our country is going to be at herd immunity by the end of summer or what we're still i mean we're way ahead of europe at the moment as yeah. far as vaccines go totally but still struggling though to get totally um people bought into the idea that they need to get vaccinated so uh, right yeah there's that whole that's side of it. that's the problem right not that we don't have enough you know it's that we or just not getting it. So I don't know how they're going to do it. If it's going to be like vaccine required or you have to have a COVID test and quarantine before you do it. Or if those are, if that's too many logistics for them to handle. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Like you can go to giants games now, right? Like baseball, um, <laughs> but uh, you have to have a vaccine or a clean COVID test like two days prior or something right and it's still yeah. limited seating and all that right but. which for me personally that sort of thing would be the most comforting i don't feel like yeah gathering with 150 people in texas and it's just a free-for-all totally and know. it's it's like very weird and very big brother and like not okay but it's like what 
fact else are you gonna do totally. you know it's a once in a lifetime global pandemic yeah. you know so hopefully <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully get vaccinated that's what i'm saying so we can all play flesh and blood together um that being said i definitely would travel if it were met my personal standards of personal safety and that sort of thing oh yeah me too yeah so road trip hell yeah be great um, we'll pick up colin in la on our way you know sounds great yeah on our, on our way past his house to our destination <laughs> yeah totally. i don't know i'm just guessing it's going to be in texas because that's where like before uh, right. covid really hit that's where they kind of had their first flesh and blood introduction so it's a really long ways away totally is <laughs> anyway <laughs> All right, what are, what are we talking about? Enough of that. So the main topic in this episode is... Oh, wait. I have some news. Oh, good. Perfect. Sorry. Cut you off there, but... That's fine. Everybody's going to fucking hate me saying this, though. But... <laughs> so I hear this, like, all over the internet, people look for sealed cases, right? Of which, flesh and blood. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Like, if you want a sealed case and that's your desire and you're willing to pay more for it, then that's your business. Whatever. I just... To anybody out there who doesn't know... This game is packed completely randomly. Yeah. So with most games, if you buy a sealed case with four boxes and open packs until you find the legendary, the other three boxes or two or however many is left will not have a legendary. This game does not work like that. If you open a legendary in the first box of your case, the other boxes still have the same probability, right? So there's mathematically no need for you to buy or sell sealed cases above loose boxes yeah because it's, it's based <clears throat> on packs number of packs right not per case and in the same vein um like a shady store or something can't like open packs out of a box till they find the legend or whatever yeah and then like sell all of the other loose packs right because yeah. it's like totally random and 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 that being said you also have a chance to get two legendaries in one box yeah totally like extremely rarely right. but people have pulled like two eyes in a case you right. know or whatever yeah. so if i'm not trying to like if you want to buy a case buy a case but it's just like i see all of this debate and all of these like jacked up prices for sealed case are more than loose boxes and it like it it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. and if you disagree or don't care then like fine whatever i'm not you know but to anybody that didn't know, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. That was Boom. my little rant. Good public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's been driving me nuts. <laughs> um, okay. So the main topic is we're going to talk about the four heroes in Monarch and kind of their play styles that we can theorize in constructed, blitz, or sealed. We're going to try to lean a little bit more towards sealed to help you on to just help you think about how you could play in your pre-release or um, once you get your boxes playing over webcam or that sort of thing. So we're going to try to lean that way. But before we get there, we have some grievances, some issues, some, some difficult topics we want to talk about, about the game flesh and blood and Monarch and the release. Oh, that, like development choices. In that, and in that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and this this really comes from, like, a place of love, right? Like, you know, I'm, like, critical of this game in a few ways, but it's, like, it's because I 
love this game the most and i think it's the best game out there for me right now you know i think it's like very high quality and very well designed and all these things so like just because i'm like well i don't like this design decision it's not like you know it sucks now it's just like it is what it is you know yeah great game totally but still will play yeah for sure yeah but oh also we didn't get a spoiler oh yeah lss (laughs) you really dropped the ball and broke our hearts yeah that's a bummer well just because all they had to do was like email us a photo yeah totally it was like pretty low effort yeah and like you know like a game store that's like barely done any flesh and blood anything like got a spoiler you know yeah, or whatever for totally. example yeah, yeah so yeah. i mean that was a bummer the biggest one is that outcast haven podcast <laughs> losers of the podcast challenge got a spoiler and we didn't that's the big one because we're america's flesh and blood podcast number one they're number two which we determined through combat i told you that we should have we should just emailed them our listener numbers because on youtube for outcast haven you can just see it yeah and totally. nobody knows how many listeners we have yeah totally. so i don't know maybe That's the or, foibles of podcasts i suppose is that our uh audience numbers are for our eyes only <laughs> you know? a mystery yeah yeah maybe you're our only listener you yeah, listening totally. right now so so, <laughs> so in that vein um if you are listening to us on itunes please leave a review so we can get a spoiler mm-hmm. next time five star whatever i don't even give a shit if you give us one stars and say these guys are dumb they don't know what they're talking about just any review <laughs> so somebody knows you yeah. know what i mean would would help us out okay um also and in the there's another world where if we've offended you LSS somehow <laughs> by loving your game since you know September August August yeah and uh you know of producing con- I don't know yeah. I don't know what we did to hurt your feelings but we're sorry <laughs> yeah we're sorry and what the hell yeah and we're sorry <laughs> totally sorry all right okay okay Taylor what are, what's well, next we're talking about uh monarch and the hero choice the choice that lss has made for this release and that sort of thing okay so like okay you want me to go first yeah go ahead because i'm gonna take a sip of water oh okay um so just jump in whenever i'm just gonna free flow yeah here Yeah, yeah um so with the decision they've made to release a shadow brute a shadow rune blade a light warrior in a completely new class um they've kind of surprised me to some degree because so a if kingdom comes out with the same format then one of the old eight classes at least maybe two will not see any new cards or love or anything for Mm -hmm. a really long time like a year and a half so who knows um so anybody who loves that one or two classes will not be able to continue playing the game or will, but with no new cards. Um, So that didn't really cater to the class loyalty and adopting a class um, appeal that I thought was part of the game design. I thought this game was like, oh, you, you love Guardian and you adopt Guardian and you stick with it. And with the new tools and mechanics you build on your class and you're like the best guardian player at your local store 
it now seems that that is not the case, at least to the degree that I thought. Yeah. Right. And I think also, which I 100% agree with you, and this is also potentially warped because when we got into the game, Arcane Rising and Welcome to Wraith were already out. Right. Right. And so if we were day oneers, um, then maybe we would have felt that way when Arcane Rising came out, you know? Right. But I think it still has a slightly different vibe when there's only four heroes and you're like, okay, it makes sense that there are four more heroes to kind of round out the play style of the game and that sort of thing. And then crucible comes out and everybody gets cards and that's cool. Right. Like eventually you need more than four heroes maybe. Yeah. For the, yeah. And, for the game space to grow. Yeah. And, and then, you know, there's a lot of speculation about Monarch and, you know, the designers were pretty tight lipped. There's some um, rumors and that sort of thing like that. We're going to have to reevaluate our collection. Right. And what it seems like now is that the reevaluation of our collection is like, Oh shit, how many cards do I have that I can't play in this new meta (laughs) is the, is the evaluation is what it feels like. Um, Well, they've hinted at maybe a pitch zone mechanic. Right. Yeah, there's still that, be spoiled. That rumor's still floating around. I don't know if that's true. Or I don't not, know. But... We'll, we'll... So, well, there's still time for the us to look at our cards in new ways based on like a rule change or something. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll anyway. find out during this upcoming weekend for pre releases. Right. Anything we don't know, we will know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, with that, is like. Um, well, my belly grumbled there, threw me off, <laughs> was just like there was a lot of expectations that the eight classes we have were going to be the eight classes we have for a while moving forward because this is like potentially how I understood it was this Welcome to Wraith is layer one, Arcane Rising is, level, is, is layer two, and Monarch is layer three that fully makes the game realized right is kind of what i felt like we had been told right and with eight classes it's just symmetrical like you could release four class sets that leapfrog each other and every third one is a like a crucible treasure chest for everyone you know it's just logistically more like now that there's nine classes maybe 10 with kingdom maybe not yeah who knows it's just you can't you can't have like four class draftable sets so easily i mean to support everybody yeah exactly so it it, so a it makes sense that they kept it to like a four hero four class draftable set which i appreciate because that um format right draft and sealed limited play is important to me for a trading card game for sure and so i totally understand that it's just a, a weird rhythm i suppose that we will have to get used to right you know like all right you're not going to get any cards maybe you will get some cards maybe you will only get cards in the supplemental set the third and final set every kind of yearly cycle which is kind right. of hard to do right so if you if you love one or two classes or can only afford to optimize one or two classes 
and then you're just waiting for one part of one set a year and then don't really i mean you get all the generics granted right. but don't don't benefit so much from every set you know you're like a little bit left or sidelined yeah if, if your hero that you have invested in let's say guardian right who's getting potentially no help in this um monarch release and if you're kind of pushed out of the meta by the changes from the new classes and stuff you now have like bought you know the uh tectonic plating you know all of the cards the majestics and stuff fully kitted out your guardian deck and it's just like potentially not playable competitively uh is a pretty feel bad situation and i don't know what i would do if i was in that situation like I guess then maybe you can pick up Prism, right? The Illusionist, because there's only one set worth of cards right. that you would need for that class. So that's maybe a little bit easier. There's still like a scenario that we don't know yet, but Prism could need an Arcanite Skullcap, a Findle oh, yeah. Spring Tunic, yeah. Enlightened Strikes, you know, or to play competitively. Yeah, so totally. it, even with one set, it could still be a yeah pretty big investment. Totally. Um and then, so on top of that too, right? Like now we have a new class, Illusionist. So then now if that's your favorite class, when's the next time they like release an Illusionist? When's the next time they release Shadow Brute or Shadow Runeblade, right? Like there's not that many Brute or Runeblade cards, but then now you have this highly specialized class that potentially doesn't, who knows when there will be more cards for that? Like how much is is Shane's deck going to change between now and Christmas? You know, who knows how much that'll change, you know, <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's like the other side of what I was talking about. So like these older classes are, or not all of them. Right. But like at least one or maybe two are, you know, not grown at all. Yeah in quite a long time and so now what if um shadow brute is like my favorite class yeah she, i mean she can use brute cards and shadow brute cards but it's like like you said then in order to release new maybe talent specific heroes for the other classes and then support everybody and like all of these things that we're all asking for yeah like is there going to be a new shadow brute within a year or two? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so brute got some love this set, but not that much, right? Like only yeah. a few cards. Yeah. Um, so even the, the heroes that do get some development don't get that much. Right. Right. So then we're not going to see any new brute cards in the next set. And then the set after that, who knows? Right. But yeah. So it seems like, Again, it just seems like the best way to play the game now is to have like four or five classes and the entire collection for all of them. Just because, like, again, if you fully invested in Guardian, you might not see a card for a year and a half. Yeah. If you now fully invest in Shadow Runeblade, you know, because Light and Shadow are only two of eight talents. Right. Right. And they're specialized talent classes within the Runeblade class, right? right? So who knows when we get back around to them, 
with eight talents and nine, ten classes, whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, investing in Shane is like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. <We laughs> Seems do. like pretty crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and, and I can see how this is like becomes much more appealing in like three or five years when there's a bunch of heroes and these tight little um, card packages, you know, for you to play. In that sort of thing, like that's kind of the 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 beauty of it too, is that you get these really nice curated um, sets. Yeah, or like hero, a talented hero card pool. Yeah, right. Because um, you don't have access to every card that's ever been in the game, so they can really do some really cool stuff, which we are seeing happen. But for that to be fully, perhaps. Uh, realized the game will have to be around a lot longer yeah. for you to be able to choose either you want like a legacy hero or uh, a hero with a talent that has this sort of flavor like that's really cool for new players to come into um, yeah like if you love brute you could deep dive into five years of generics brute cards and shadow brute cards and like yeah you know three or four characters and it's just like this wealth of deck building and strategy and all that but we're not not there yeah we're not there and it is hard for i think current players yeah to to at this point tell them like well you got to kind of collect everything which is really tough you know because like you said you're kind of sold on this role-playing aspect of the game that you can be azalea and make the the best deck and get support for for that hero or that class or whatever and be able to like have a bunch of different options and stuff that's at least where i thought the game was going so this is <clears throat> excuse me hard for me to kind of wrap my brain around right, right. so i'm like a big rune blade and warrior player and then kingdoms is going to come out and what's going to happen there i'm going to get no cards and that's going to be um a weird situation yeah you could get no new cards for two sets yeah exactly you know, or yeah not yeah. until this time next year yeah so um <clears throat> and then also i wanted to mention it and it does make sense right like they're th part of the design of the game is that cards are not going to rotate right? right so if you continually build on that pool of cards with those eight heroes it's like very quickly when you get a large card pool, you can break the game, right? And then you have to ban stuff. And then you're just like every other TCG, C CCG, like, and that sucks. Ban hammer always blows. Yeah, I do really appreciate just these new classes because they're so different mm -hmm. and will, like, totally shake up the meta, mm -hmm. you know, and construct it and hopefully blitz also yeah um just all the way around and so your um you know like my azalea deck with some new generics maybe might find a place in the new meta because say you can't play um control ninja because x y and z good decks out there so then i as an azalea player won't see one of my auto loss decks you know and maybe yeah, i perform totally. pretty well against like 
you know, Shadow Rune Blade or whatever. Yeah, and like um, you, you instantly get a bup on Sleep Dart, right? I yeah. Mean, you know, yeah. So it's like, hello, Leviah, eat this Sleep Dart with your cards that don't block and you have 12 blood debt going on. Yep. Suck it. You know, which is pretty <laughs> totally. sick, but not the type of influx you wanted for that. Yeah, it hero. doesn't doesn't give you the deck building tools or at least i really love deck building so the deck building tools you would want to work with and whereas your deck may be more viable you know it's not it's not not gonna it's not gonna shake it up as much as you would like yeah totally you would rather have new cards to play with rather than just like better matchups potentially yeah right if you if you're gonna pick one or one or the other um so yeah, I think that is all of my points on that. We'll have to see how this whole next year of the game um, plays out in terms of releases and that sort of thing and getting used to kind of this new rhythm that happens um, in the game. Yeah, and I'm sure they did this for a reason. And so I was thinking if they made the eight old heroes legacy heroes yeah, or whatever that um, sounds better than old heroes. <laughs> <laughs> um if they made them be able to specialize in any talent that is released like um if i'm playing reinar and i could play all the light cards yeah or all the chaos cards or whatever yeah. as they come out then maybe that would make the game too crazy or unbalanced you know it's right. like so many possible combos maybe uh maybe would break the game or something like that so i'm sure there's a reason that they did not right but it feels like if they're going to keep releasing talents in sets an easy fix for everybody to gain more support would be that your class can specialize in a talent it it, it could be just like a point buy system or something you know like you can include x amount of cards from one talent yeah, in eight your, cards in your deck, you know. Whatever. So at least that way, then that really opens up the pool for those legacy heroes. Yeah, and again, like there has to be a reason that they didn't, but it would just be nice. Like, so I play Azalea, and now I can use shadow cards or light cards. Yeah. And in Kingdom, I could use you know like uh, order cards or chaos cards, and only one. You know, it's yeah. not much, but it just like. We don't Opa's. know those are the talents. We're just we're just saying oh yeah that. right yeah. In case you were wondering, we had some insider information. <laughs> yeah, we do not fire cards or water cards. Yeah, or whatever, totally. you know, just yeah. that would open up a lot of space in my brain for deck building and would uh, satisfy a lot of those you know wants of mine. Yeah, same, um, same. And, and who knows? Maybe they will release more heroes in like tiny supplemental sets, like new blitz decks will come out and they'll have some because you'll also run into this with like um it'll be increasingly harder to want to get welcome to wraith or arcane rising even the unlimited ones for like the defense reactions the attack react kind of the staple cards you know down the line for new players but if you have heroes with blitz decks that have those cards right then that's an easy way to get them to those players so they could release more blitz decks with more heroes to use the exact same card pool right and i've I've had that thought before where you know it almost feels like the way it's going it would benefit from like the living card game kind of model yeah yeah where it's like well 
you know, Dorinthia doesn't get shit for a year and a half, but this, you know, 40 card, you get like 40 yeah. new warrior cards in this like supplemental deck. I know they're not going that way, but yeah. you know, that would also like solve that problem yeah. to some degree. Um, Cause then you could still have draftable sets. Right. But also like, you know, help everybody out. Spread, spread the love. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And we'll see what happens too when uh, we're finally past COVID and stuff. I think that has yeah made things a lot different. Um, another thing I wanted to point out is I really thought that they had designed Monarch already, but it seems like they really hadn't fully designed it because we see the ban of drone, right? And that would shut down Prism because Prism right is like if you defend with a sixer then it shuts it turns her attack off in drone recurring that is like right. just anti-prism yeah i mean you just so they, sideboard three red drones into your deck yeah for every prism matchup yeah and now you, you know you can't do that so it just means that they didn't know prism was going to be in this set or what yeah. her mechanic was going to be yeah they hadn't settled on something yeah because, yeah. yeah so just interesting little side note there yeah that is a really good point yeah because um because i mean they they had essentially designed the game up through monarch but are obviously um you know still being creative in their design space yeah um yeah totally okay so that's it for those things we still have our main 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 topic (laughs) to talk about but i thought that was a good discussion yeah definitely and i mean the game could just open up and continue developing and be totally balanced and great and keep everybody happy totally you know just we're just like looking at the current path it looks like it's on yeah and i'm really happy with this set in terms of it's like design how there's cool callbacks to previous cards and artwork and how some like so sink below right and rise above yeah like that's just really really cool that sink below is like blue color tones to the artwork and puts a card underneath and, and rise it's ab- like underwater yeah, yeah. And, and rise above is above you know it's like red tones and puts a card on top like that sort of thing is, is just like a cool little nugget yeah you know yeah as far as as much as we're like voicing our preemptive concerns that haven't been fulfilled yet yeah, yeah. um monarch is awesome yeah as far as just the standalone release thing that monarch is it's like it's pretty exciting yeah do you want to lead off with our oh sure yeah okay so we're going to talk about i I just want to say i'm really excited to play the limited formats of monarch me too because like having played drafted welcome to wraith okay experience arcane rising was much 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 more fun and then to see all of these monarch cards and how that's going to be it's going to be even more crazy yeah and and just more fun game i'm not even a huge fan of sealed or draft and i'm very excited it's gonna be so cool we're gonna have a long weekend of (laughs) just just tearing packs open tons of garbage (laughs) and trash talk (laughs) okay so let's start off let's talk about prism right off the bat so um give me your hot takes about prism um in any particular format or just uh let's talk let's try to mainly talk about sealed and draft but you can we're going to touch on blitz and constructed and and that sort of thing um 
yeah i mean <laughs> this character is like really interesting okay so first take her cards are like overpowered right, right? above above curve yeah sure. just because it's like blocks for three cost two swings for seven really good hit effect yeah you know and uh the downside of these cards is the phantasm attribute right whereas if it's blocked with a six power card or higher it just like goes away yeah which is like a pretty big downside but it's an interesting downside in that you know if you're playing against a warrior or a ninja it's like not a downside at all but if you're playing against a guardian or a brute it is a pretty huge downside right right? so it's not like this self-handicap as you're playing it's just like makes some matchups really good and some really bad which is like a different design space, right? For this, uh, for this character. Yeah, I I think so. What I like about her initially, right, is in in all formats you have to consider her. Yeah. In your deck building options, it's like right? the wizard, it's like wizard now, right? Is like you are gonna have to make sure you have a high enough amount of blues and include arcane barrier but you also have to have like a little prism package where you fit in six damage attacks or you just go i'm just gonna have more value than you i don't need those sixes i'll block them regularly right suck it here try to outvalue me you know Uh, and speaking of that i thought there would be more generic cards that uh, fiddle with another person's soul or banish zone or that sort of thing so that the legacy heroes would get some sort of sideboarding option yeah some interaction with the new mechanic yeah yeah which i guess against prism you just have to have six or seven power attacks yeah. and then she potentially doesn't get to put stuff in her soul but then bolton just gets to willy-nilly charge you know as much as he wants yeah um and you have no nothing if, if you're playing uh let's say well we'll just keep using guardian he can't get cards out of bolton's soul at all it's tough though because generic cards that affect a soul or a banished zone are only good or you know maybe yeah. only good against a light hero so you've created a generic card that is only good against a light talent hero which five years from now may be a very small percentage of the heroes yeah that's true but i mean not all generic cards have really high value so uh i think that would be totally reasonable to have those cards yeah um so the on the other side of this um just thinking about prism you know obviously preparing for like we said you have to sideboard sixes whatever have some kind of wild game plan but um from her point of view this is one of my favorite parts thinking about this character is that you know again you can just like go ham with your attacks against like a ninja but i was imagining playing with her against like a guardian or a brute or like in sealed right like against shadow brute you maybe have to pivot to like kind of a more defensive creating auras and swinging with them because of her ability that they're all you know yeah when you're up against someone who's your antithesis is what you're saying yeah Yeah. then maybe 
you're just making auras and like swinging for four go again four go again and then that's your turn yeah. um it, it's just gonna be interesting to see how like she adapts to everybody as else well. as yeah. well as how everybody yeah. else adapts to her and, and what i have yet to figure out is how impactful the auras are going to be you know like they all cost four right you know so it's kind of a lot of investment for a thing someone can just get rid of you know what i mean which buys you a turn basically you know um but is i just don't know how that's going to work out whether or not like you're going to deck build prism with like oh yeah aura strategy put them out there we're going to use them as weapons their static ability is is a thing it's like really the first character too that we see that can like kind of build a a bigger board state you know right you know like dash maybe a little bit or data doll (laughs) yeah um but But yeah like prism can can dash yeah, yeah can really do that now and um so we'll see it's it's uh she seems like also very flexible in her play style, right? Yeah. That she can be very aggressive or very defensive, um, which is pretty exciting. You know, that's one thing I think Monarch is really pushing is offense. Yeah. Right. Because the, the main strategies for winning have been mid rangey blocking decks. And now they're just like, okay, well, cards just don't block now. Yeah. How are you going to do that? Cards you kind of need. Totally. And, and, and on top of that, too, it makes it really hard to evaluate cards now. Because you're just like, okay, if it's uh, a pitch, if it's a blue card that's zero, that has an effect, and blocks for three, like, that's really good and limited, potentially, if I can use the effect, you know? But yeah. now you have that, and it doesn't block. Yeah, do I draft a card that doesn't block yeah. second or yeah. whatever? Totally. Like, <laughs> yeah. In it, their ability to play defense has been really important. And now we have a ton of cards, even class cards, that just block for two in classes that particularly haven't been getting cards that block for two. Like yeah. Warrior now has like a defense rea- or an attack reaction that blocks for two. Oh, nice. You know? I didn't notice that. Um, yeah, the, the one that if you charge, you get plus three oh yeah that's free which i'm glad to see because it seemed like um ninja initially um yeah you know just welcome to wraith and uh ranger and you know like certain classes seem like pretty hampered by block for twos and then they give ninja this big like block for threes bump and it just kind of felt like the whole game was moving towards any card anybody's ever going to run is going to block for three right um but it appears that they're yeah trying to keep block for twos around and like good have them be good enough that you do run them in your deck and risk that yeah which i think is good there needs to be a bit more yeah that's where i would like the game to go is a little bit more on the offensive end less of this just uh these long long games you know which will always happen because you'll be able to like set up your deck and order your pitch and all of that stuff and play in that style for sure yeah Um, which is an important part of the game yeah totally which you need um i also really like prism because she's going to constantly make you have to make decisions which is like a pretty i mean like as everybody does that sounds overly simple but right so like what if she like decisions we're not used to making right 
and like so if she plays an aura and then swings for seven right <laughs> then say you block the seven yep but then you have this choice on your turn whether to say you only have one action point you can get rid of that aura and not allow her auras to stack up and start making her overpowered because of all these abilities in play but if you like say swing your club and kill the aura you've done no damage yeah. and stripped no cards yeah for your whole turn yep. um which makes uh there's a cat asleep in the in the closet <laughs> who's now he, woken up yeah how does he get up there he jumps off the dresser over there oh, okay. i think it's harder to get down yeah but anyway, anyway. <laughs> um uh shit where was i okay so so yeah um this makes side note this makes action points a lot more valuable now i've like oh, thought right. about all the action point cards yeah. like um lead the charge maybe yeah, goes lead, into decks lead now. the charge back alley break line probably doesn't um but scab skins you know just like anything with an action point yeah. time snap potions time snap. might be really effective now um or just like have a bigger role to play against prism but it's going to be tough when you like okay i swing at you for eight strip some cards you take some damage get you a hit effect whatever or i like bust your aura but you know done nothing yeah haven't stripped cards haven't done any damage yeah. but, but you can't let the auras stack up so like what do you sorry totally. i'm just like this was a long hypothetical but it's just <laughs> totally. like that's what well, your that's... brain's going to be doing for a long time yeah. while you figure out how to play against her i mean and that's part of the thing in for her when you're playing as prism is like it's also a feel bad situation when you invest four resources in an aura with a really good effect that is also your weapon that then they just dissipate, you know? Yeah, you get like a new hand of cards and stuff that you didn't have to take any damage, but like I I guess I'm leaning towards that that is valuable. I mean, you, you know? get the tempo. Yeah, you you get tempo or keep tempo or whatever, but it's uh it's just hard to evaluate without having to with having gotten those cards in my my uh greasy mitts. I have played a few games against Prism and she feels very strong and it's like a different way to think about how to play the game for sure. Like that decision point will take some getting used to. Do I stop the aura? Do I just attack? What do I do? You know? Yeah. It's going to be interesting in Sealed having Prism because there's going to be Levias, Levias, Leviah, Leviah, yeah. Leviahs. Yeah. I thought that was maybe just an accent thing. But there's going to be Leviahs, right? So if you're deciding to play Prism, then you have to like plan on playing yeah, against totally. a, a powerful brute yeah. that can, uh, you know, block all your Phantasm cards and you. I forgot what that instant is that reduces their blocking card value, but you know, in draft, you're probably not going to have a suite of those. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you can set up kind of a, like a real good win condition in sealed or draft with prism, right. With the, uh, dream weavers, right. That get rid of, uh, phantasm. Right. Um, on one of your, like, bigger dominate cards like you could just set that sort of thing up um <laughs> rocky rocky agrees yeah um i feel like he wants down 
anyway, Continue, yeah. Um, so she feels really strong and limited because of that. And the fact that like potentially your opponents don't like in sealed, they might not have any like six cost attacks or very few, you know what I mean? Right. So you could kind of play defensive and then really go on the offensive with all of those um, phantasm cards, you know, um, especially because like, all of her cards are basically above curve. So um, she can be really powerful that way. But on the same end, some of them, like, you know, you, you're going to need a, a decent amount of blue pitch in that sort of thing as well. Right. You know, that's the thing. She's pretty expensive and also needs cards in her soul to play her ability, which if that's your play style, I guess. But so you need lots of blues which all these four-cost auras are, like, oftentimes yellow or yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. So, like, lots of blues, maybe some yellows, but also need to feed your soul and have enough of these red phantasm threats. Yeah. I think it's a hard uh, a hard character to pro potentially draft or play sealed with. But I think maybe the best equipment in the set that we've seen so far is Dreamweaver's. That's just generic equipment. Yeah, totally. That you're yeah. like guaranteed to get because of how you could set up um, a win, right? Because yeah. that's how you have to play in Flesh and Blood is you have to know how you're going to win the game with your deck. Yeah. Or else you're not going to win. There's you know? also a card, a two-block card that gets rid of Phantasm. Yeah, totally. And that's a great card too. Yeah. You know? But then it, it There's turns... also a big pump that gives one Phantasm. Oh, yeah, plus five. Yeah, and then you can use Dreamweavers on it to take it away. Yeah, you know that's the and real that, power play. Yeah, totally. So if you can figure out that combo, that's the way to go, I think. Yeah, her Dominate card plus that pump plus yep. Dreamweavers. Yeah, boom. One. Dunzo. And You're this, dead, son. And Sealed, nobody has a lot of armor, so it's like mm -hmm. you got to get them down to six life or whatever. Totally. You know. They did spoil in the... Um, they're kind of like pre-release party. I haven't watched the whole YouTube video, but there are new generic equipments. It's uh, Iron Hide. So you pay a resource to block two, but then it destroys it. Oh, well, that's that, a pretty. Isn't that cool? Yeah, very draft <laughs> card, though. Yeah, but <laughs> seems, very good. seems pretty powerful, though, at the same time, because it helps you stop, dominate, and that sort of thing a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. Without any real defense reactions in this set. Yeah, and in draft, this is like, you know, blocking for two is great. Yeah, on a piece, <laughs> like, of, on a piece of equipment, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's all I really have about Prism. Yeah, sure. Oh, very great art. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yannick, everybody else, I'm sure Yannick's like, you know. <laughs> Having a field day. Yeah, yeah, just taking a bath in it. Totally. But, uh the the artwork on a lot of the prism cards is like pretty stunning just in the set overall is really yeah, they've really definitely. leveled it up for sure um before we get into the other three heroes let's take a quick break well intermission and then all we'll right. be right back okay all right we're back i'm gonna put in like a cool transition there or something shadow bo -bo boys <laughs> or something oh no never mind you did it perfect <laughs> um okay oh i've lost my notes Oh shit, we're lost. Okay, now what I'm do back. we do. Okay, oh, okay, let's talk about Bolton. All right, give me, uh, give me some hot takes there, Bedell. 
Buddo. That's, that's when you combined Buddy and Bucko. Buddo. Um, all right. Let's see. So my my main you take... look at my notes. I don't know. Or was, your notes. I was trying to think of something to say and got lost. But now I'm back. Um so I guess the biggest take um we were talking about a little bit before the podcast about this is that Bolton is like maybe kind of combo based or um can have more explosive turns. He's At a, least I'm, a setup I'm Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of in constructed maybe more than Blitz, but um whereas Dorinthia seems uh like a lot of consistent value, constant pressure. And Bolton seems more of, yeah, like you said, a set, like you have off turns to like charge your soul three times, you know, arsenal a card, swing for three, and that's your only turn. But then right. your following turns get real big. Yeah, totally. Um, having uh, done some testing with him, it's, it, it says warrior on the cards and you're like, I'm not playing warrior though is what, is what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's definitely really different. His, his hero abilities are really powerful for sure. And to utilize them, you need to get cards into his soul, you know? So you have to play cards that charge or cards with a hit effect and hope they get in there. That's like a little bit more risky of a play <clears throat> for sure. And I, I think from my testing his his top ability um if you've charged and then they defend with an attack action card the attack that bolton's throwing out gets plus one and then then that trickles into his attack reaction part of his hero where you can banish a card from their soul to give it go again if it has higher than its base value um i think is really relevant in the limited format right where you're not going to have this kind of curated deck. You can be your better blocking cards can be attacks in that sort of thing, right, right. you know, uh, so that then that really turns on his ability and could allow him to go off. So I think he's like a pretty solid pick, I think, initially in in a sealed pool, right? So then let me ask you, so in sealed, what what mechanic are you drafting for primarily for him? Like, are you trying to get red warrior attack cards or are you trying to charge his soul, specifically charge or just get cards into the soul? Like, how do you view starting to build into that deck in, in draft? I think what you're looking for is um, cards that, you got to have enough cards to charge, right? Right. I think you care less about uh, things like uh, Valiant Thrust, right? That like buffs itself if you've charged. I think you care less about those cards or things that have a hit effect, right? Like, uh, I can't remember the name of the cards, but ones that go into your soul if they hit, right? I think you want charge cards because that is the kind of guarantee for you then to like really uh, go off. Start that engine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because then you can you can do pretty cool stuff with attack action cards, right? With generics that 
attack for six because you're playing against prism you know you can uh buff them and that sort of thing i think uh minnowism right is probably going to be really good in his deck as well oh yeah that's a fun little combo coming out too yeah for draft just the fact that you can if if you have a kind of a weaker card then you can pump it and then you can go again all of the sudden right you know obviously i think uh, Dusk Pilgrimage is a bit of a trap card, though. It's the one that gives, if your weapon hits, it gets to attack an additional time. Yeah. Right? He has no discount for his weapons. I think that's going to be the hardest thing about him is that getting to attack twice with the axes is going to be hard, right? Yeah. But that you'll maybe get more value out of stringing together um, zero-cost attacks with using his, like... Um, his ability and that sort of thing so maybe something if you open stubby hammers that really helps you out potentially right or um <laughs> which is a great great name yeah best best named card <laughs> maybe there are a couple of the brute cards that are really good oh yeah um but uh stubby hammers is really good or even like uh gallant gold i think that's really good too obviously which one's that that's the warrior arms that oh, gives yeah. your weapons plus one or whatever yeah, until end of turn so that's pretty good which will help out right in if you get a couple of zeros you get a couple cards in soul you get some four cost or your zero cost fours go again go again now your axes have go again on their own because of the hammers you can just kind of set up a pretty big uh turn i oh. think is like you're you're setting up like a, a wide ninja turn Right. Yeah. Where like they can't block. You get five attacks to kill them because they can only block with four cards. Right. That's what I. That's what I have been theorizing. Um, if you like that kind of thing, uh, on it just did a contest to see who who could do the most broken stubby hammers oh, yeah. combo. Yeah. Um, and Fab you, Foundry. Yeah, yeah. If you go read the final or the finalist or the top top combo it's uh pretty bananas <laughs> it'd be just like that kind of thing. i haven't read it yet oh, it's like the whole deck and 213 damage or that's something. awesome it's, it's sick that's cool. really went above and beyond <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think bolton is a strong sealed pick with like a um potentially like lower valued card pool does that make sense like on paper, you're like, well, this doesn't look that good, but it could be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. At least it makes sense to you. <laughs> Hopefully, it makes sense to the people at home. Like, I think an important thing to remember too in sealed in draft in general, uh, majestic cards are not win the game cards in flesh and blood. They, yeah, a lot of them are like not that good. Like if I get beast within. Yeah. You, you need a bunch of other <laughs> things to make it really, really yeah. good. They usually have like a really high ceiling, um, but require a lot of setup. So Yeah, you're looking for a scar for a scar, not beast within, you know, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Bolton and that sort of thing? Um, no, you pretty pretty completely covered it, I think. Um, my just my fear of Bolton is, and I don't know if this will be the case, but just as in constructed with his like full suite of, you know, top cards, like the real optimized deck and all the, you know, all the gear and everything um, is he could 
just in my eyes, it looks like maybe every other turn, he could have these really powerful turns fairly consistently. Maybe. But maybe not. Totally. It, we'll it, see. Yeah, it's definitely, like, it's cool that the charge cards cost zero, right? Because you need a card from hand to charge into your soul. Right. But that's still, like, you know, two cards you really have to hold on to. You know, yeah. so you ha to to consistently get it there, you have to like, um, kind of hold on to three cards, right? Play your card with charge as a cost from Arsenal, charge your soul, Arsenal the third card, right? right. Which means you're going to be like leaking a lot of damage. Yeah, and he suffers from that. His hand, um, more than some characters, he's kind of a sequential. Yeah, you know, he needs the right like, um order of cards and maybe a little bit card hungry to have like a good turn you know kind of uh kind of ranger-esque right like because if you go down to only having one pitch card to swing his weapon he just swings for two yeah no go again right you know so uh so classes that are a little more card hungry without a really strong weapon that stands on its own are sometimes a little bit harder totally i think though his peaks once you get him into that constructed format i think especially classic constructed where you have much more time to set up um he's gonna be like those where he goes off he's gonna go off yeah. it's gonna be crazy you know um it's gonna be really really overwhelming but um i don't think he's going to really dethrone any like iras or dorinthias in blitz right you like know? a little too slow yeah, I, th I and I can totally be wrong with all of these things. Like, I've definitely won games with the Jank Bolton deck I've put together, but it's mainly because nobody know you don't know how to play against him. Yeah. You know, like, you all of a sudden forget about his ability, and you gave an attack uh, plus one, now it has go again, and totally. I kind of get, get, <laughs> get a snowball that way, you know? Yeah. Um, or you have, like, the uh you know the attack reaction is really good if you charge it and then they like under block and then it's for free you know right. and it's not dorinthia so you're not used to over blocking and that sort of thing so you can sneak in some damage that way and it's interesting too because like the brute who's or just i'm just thinking of the traditional way brute plays mm -hmm. is the strongest against prism but it's like really hard against bolton yeah because half your cards are going to turn on his plus ones yeah if he's charged he still has to yeah, charge right, right so yeah um yeah that's kind of my thoughts on bolton i think his specializations are super strong too yeah i think they're maybe well just because he's combo based he's just supercharging the whole combo is yeah. nuts yeah totally i think they're a little bit stronger than uh leviah's and chains but they have like a whole other yeah. situation going on you know so i think in constructed he might be the one that people can i don't know he might see a lot of play in the constructed formats i don't know we'll see we also don't know what we're talking about but we have a podcast so we also know what we're talking so we're about. talking about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, people love Warrior, man. There's a lot of class loyalty to Warrior, so I assume Bolton will see a lot of play. Yeah, it's just way different. It's not the same. Like the fun part about playing Warrior is just being like, if you block, you're screwed. If you don't block, you're screwed. You know, that's like yeah. the really fun part. Yeah. Or but, like, all right, 
are you going to block or not? And then they like overblock and you're like, sick. I didn't have anything. Stripped a bunch of cards. Yeah. yeah. For nothing. Arsenal. <laughs> for nothing. For just throwing a sword out there. Um, well, I think what will be interesting is seeing whether or not his, uh, like if Bolton with sabers is a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, because you could have a pretty big turn with Courage of Bladehold and the sabers. And the sabers get double pumped. And they get double pumped and um, with twinning blade and all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, you could attack a bunch of times for not a ton of damage, but it's a lot of attacks that add up and are free. (laughs) You mean specifically because courage does not trigger for axes. Correct. Yeah. Because it says swords. Yeah. 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 Because then that's like free swords. Right. And you play a specialization that allows you to attack with a weapon twice. So now each sword can attack twice so that's four attacks yeah. right and then if you dusk pilgrimage them you could get an extra one if you twinning blade them you can get an extra attack you know and with lots of go against yeah totally you gotta have yeah. a lot <laughs> a lot of like hidden runs or soul charging stuff you know yeah. um for sure but, but yeah every time i block with a attack card though centauri sabers get plus two yeah you which know, is pretty in this sweet scenario yeah, yeah that they go from twos to fours and yeah. <laughs> you leak damage really fast um so we'll see what happens there um i really thought there was going to be some generic cards that were specific for axes or that sort of thing oh yeah like all the you new know. weapon types yeah there could still be a generic attack reaction for axes or flails <laughs> the problem there's just so many different ones now there's like claws and sizes and flails and axes you know yeah yeah but is a is a claw closer to a flail an axe or a scythe uh i don't know i think it's akin to axes just because they're both two-handed interesting and kind of berserkery yeah so then a scythe and a flail are closer together one-handed and large <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're two-handed weapons, though. Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. To say. Oh, okay. Two-handed yeah. and large. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Let's move on to Levia. Speaking of two-handed and large. Okay. Um, I like Levia because so playing brute. Um, you know, you can play claws, which is pretty combo-based and is a different tempo and style than club. But no matter how you played brute, it kind of felt like. Sometimes you're on the back heel most of the game or the back foot on your heels. I just combined those two sayings. <laughs> um, the back of the heel. Most of the most of the game. And you have these explosive, you know, rampagey turns, which feel really good. But um, I think the feeling of being a brute just on a bloodlust rampage and going offensive was... Uh, you just didn't feel that enough playing that class. And, um, (laughs) well, you can always ask for more, (laughs) but Uh, Levia, like seems to, uh, introduce that, right? Because she has to use her ability in order to not pay her blood debt. And some of her cards don't block. So it seems like you're really incentivized to go on the offensive 
and save at least, you know, two or three cards a turn to satisfy these, you know, well, A, your blood debt. Right. And then, you know, be like playing an attack for eight that doesn't block, right? It's mm-hmm. more value just taking damage and playing it. So um, hopefully that it'll turn out that is how she plays. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. Jason Chung had that uh, play video right where um he plays with the the constructed blitz or the precon blitz decks right? yeah if anybody's curious just to see they released two videos yeah um so you get to see each blitz deck just played once but yeah. um it's like pretty interesting because you can't really see the flow of it with just separate cards and just right. watching them play yeah. is like pretty good all right sorry Continue. well it just was interesting to see that the um the play style was kind of block early, use the meat axe early, right? Set up your your graveyard and then find your window and then just pivot into pure offense until right. the end of the game, you know? Um, which is like we've said before about Reinar and stuff is like a, a fine line you walk when you play Brute, you know? It's like way more complicated than just like ah do the damage in that sort of thing yeah you can't because you can't just damage trade and go nuts you just lose <laughs> yeah it's totally. like he yeah. also did some cool things where he would like so say he had two sixers in his graveyard yeah then he would bust a piece of equipment to then have a third piece in his graveyard so then he could play a card that requires you to banish three. Yeah. You know, so he used his equipment as like a graveyard resource as yeah. well. Yeah. And just little things like that. Um, you know, playing... I mean, it's it's a very complex game, but playing Brute was sometimes um, a little bit linear. Like if you're playing with a club and you're like blocking, barraging, club swing waiting for your combo or you know whatever but you know not to say it's uninteresting i love playing with the brute right but um this just introduces this whole side engine of sixer ratio in your graveyard blood debt in your banish zone needing to satisfy her ability every turn whole engine mechanic yeah that was not part of it before um and shane has a similar or not similar but uh an engine as well right um yeah so i'm like really appreciative of that and excited to play that because it seems like playing brute in a whole new way like these characters are vastly different totally than their counterparts in the same class yeah so this is like a whole new way to play it while still retaining that feel of like a powerful beast yep yeah yeah and um to just go along with that too like the difference between her and Reinar is that, you know, uh, she doesn't have Intimidate, right? So Reinar can right. win the game by, like, having a big turn where he just Intimidates three cards and then hits you with something big. And so all of those barragings, like, trigger yeah. and, and you die, right? Um, but, like, he's also been really good when he can, like, Intimidate something, attack, and then follow up with a club swing right for five which has been really good and i and it looks like levia that's her salient like win condition right is she needs to be like you can attack for six seven 
right a turn that's like pretty good but it's also pretty cost heavy yeah you know so if you're like chipping away you need to win the game and i think that's where hooves of the shadow beast comes in gives you that extra action point so you can go attack for six boom attack for eight you know or what or whatever combination of cards or whatever and now brute has dominate so you can attack for six then attack for six dominate and kill them right with the hooves and that sort of thing and dread dread screamer i think is going to be a critical pull in that deck because that's the 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 brute card that gives you go again right right Right. so um Um, if you pull a good quality of those you might think about going brute you know there's also a buff card that costs one or two i think one but it gives you your next brute attack action card plus four Right. And you banish three cards from your graveyard, which, um, you know, if you draw that card and don't have three cards in your graveyard, that sucks. But it's <laughs> that's uh, that's another way to satisfy her ability. And I think that that card will be really good. Isn't it any attack action card? No, you have to put a sixer in your banish zone every no, time. No, no, no. It, doesn't it buff any attack action card? Not just. Oh, maybe it does. Not just a brute one. I'll look it up quickly while you fill classic well classic brute cards were only brute but maybe it does buff any action card we'll look um as far as sealed goes the i mean high number of non-blocking cards yeah is is risky so you gotta right that's something to consider there's like a lot of things you need to do right you need a lot of sixes or potentially not but it's like she doesn't have an ability unless you're getting this engine going so ideally you have a lot of sixes and you have a bunch of cards that don't block so crafting her in sealed may be tough right but again there's like a lot of bonuses like against prism you're pretty strong right right um yeah i don't know any other thoughts on it just seems like for brute in general it's always been like if you draft if you can draft like the enough good cards it's like very strong and they have a good weapon but uh if you can't then not so much like the new meat axe for example is uh kind of card hungry i think for sealed or draft right because you pay for it draw a card discard a random card And if it's a sixer, it gets plus two. But that means your weapon swing is for three, burn a card. Or for five, burn a card. It's no longer a free swing. So just having to constantly discard cards, I mean, it's good for her engine. But, uh, you know, hopefully you've found enough sixers in your limited card pool. Right? This page, Anything else? This page is loading slow, so oh, okay. <laughs> I'm having a I'm having a hard time here. Um, um, I I think everything you said is correct. You know that it's a, a fine line, and you can't just like throw all of these powerful cards together to make like a powerful deck. Yeah, because some of them don't block, and um, if you don't have the generics to kind of round out your situation then you're just gonna kind of do nothing it seems like right 
should we move on to Shane? Yeah, it's convulsions from the bellows of hell gives your next oh right attack action card plus three and dominate the red one. So um, I was just talking about the common card. Oh right, but um. Yes, yes. convulsions one. from the bellows of hell is really good. That one's a red or a rare. Gotcha. Um, in other news, we got another blue sixer for all the brute fans, but it doesn't block. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty psyched when I saw that card, but then you're like, ooh, actually. Um, I wonder if it's a shadow card. Anyway, um, you hopefully. Well, there, there. So there's a card that costs one, pumps an attack for four. And you burn three cards out of your graveyard into your banished zone. It's just like a. It doesn't have the whole bellows of hell rigmarole. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Well, I. Well, anyway, screw us. You probably. You know, know what I'm talking about. You know what we're talking about. Or you don't and don't care. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, uh, all right. So that's all my. Yeah. My ranting about brute stuff. Totally. Do you have uh you want to move on to Shane? Yeah, we can. Or uh, Chain or Shanae <laughs> or however you uh prefer. Uh yeah, let's talk about uh Chain. All right. Um it just also might not be on the LSS website yet, you know. Gotcha. Anyway, uh I think uh Shane is very strong in all formats. You know? Nice, good opener. Yeah, totally. Uh, what you're definitely going to be looking for in your sealed pool is many cards to be played from the banished zone, right? Like, that's what you really need, um, or else you're just, like, doing nothing. Did you find the card? No. Oh, no. okay. Sorry, you just kept looking at me. But I oh, guess okay, you're just nodding go. along. Underworldly Bellow. Oh, right. Cost right, right. one, banish three cards from your graveyard. Next, Brute or Shadow attack action card you play at the string oh, gets okay. plus four yeah block for three cool 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 a lot of value though does our thing and gives it plus four yeah all right awesome did it yeah what a terrible five minutes <laughs> yeah, of production right. that's why people come to this podcast <laughs> for is, the for the wonk is for the the, the wonky funny stuff. weird parts you know like oh well we got funny and weird <laughs> Like a cat is in this closet and, and you have to like physically remove it because it won't just jump down on its own. You How'd know? a cat get in the studio? Man? Oh, my, oh yeah. The studio. Sorry. Not the closet. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So blood cards you can play from your banish zone are going to be key. Having a high number of those, you know, like uh, seeds of agony is going to be a big enabler in all colors because a lot of the cards like, um, <clears throat> well, there are just quite a few rune blade cards, right? Classic rune blade. You got to play a non-attack action and then an attack action to get some sort of benefit. Right. But seeds of agony as free and can be played from your banished zone, and it turns on a lot of your attack actions that require you to have played a um, non-attack action to be able to have it played from the banished zone or have. Um, you know some sort of effect like unhallowed rights if you've if you've played a non-attack action you can play it from your banner zone um or uh same thing with bounding demigon which i think is a real staple uh card for sure yeah i i think uh 
having if, if you can string together in your sealed pool a situation where you can deal consistent arcane damage as well is another way to go because there's no arcane barrier there's only spell void so you're going to get all of those chip damages in right which makes this set really interesting because you can't just pitch to block arcane damage and then see the card again yeah right you're like on the clock because yeah. you're just going to keep pumping out arcane damage and i have limited spell void and then it's just damage yeah and and vexing malice then becomes good in all colors because it always does two arcane you know what i mean right so that card is is really really good all of a sudden yeah because you're you're just pinging in a ton of damage so like uh yeah seeds of agony does arcane damage is really good and then that pumps your piercing shadow vice which i think is one of the better cards that we've had spoiled um it's the red attacks for four and then if you've dealt arcane damage pumps it up to six and the arcane comes first so even if it's part of that card when you check for damage yeah it gets plus two yeah Um, which is pretty good totally (laughs) <laughs> super good you know and you can set up some pre and, and rifting bind is really good too i think that's only kind of i like it definitely more in red than i do in blue or yellow for sure um but that can be a really strong like otk move right right is that you um just it just costs one you know so you only really need to save one card and you could have you know four shackles and have set up your um like three seeds of agony in a rifting bond and you know those are coming off the top right? right and then you just play all of those and now um a rifting bind excuse me now that does uh six damage and three arcane right which is super rad yeah and the interesting thing about shane is that that end of the game right you don't have to your soul shackles are fine right like if you're doing your last turn trying to kill them you just you know yeah throw a soul shackle on there who cares <laughs> yeah totally you yeah know? you can just willy-nilly it for sure um yeah i you know i think his common pool of cards is a little bit stronger than everybody else's with his ability but i could totally be wrong and he he kind of has a, a pretty uh he has the most consistent weapon yeah you know what i mean so it's it's not like which is a big enabler for his his ability like if you get to play something from the banished zone and then swing with um galaxy black or galaxia i think it's probably galaxia black um that's just really strong or just one for one slash one for two is really good as well you know right so um because bolton's whole thing with his weapons he's kind of better with two but that's a little harder to pull off um uh prism has this like whole engine to be able to get her a weapon um and then the meat axe has this kind of like conditional situation yeah and like this card hungry like we just talked about yeah burns a card which is like pretty gnarly for a weapon yeah totally so um so he can kind of be a strong pick for that um but the drawback is is that if 
if you have too many generics and you banish those, you don't get to use those. You know, if, right. if you dilute his deck, his the shoal the the shackles become less good because then you're just losing cards that do nothing. Totally, with both of these heroes, it's like if you're not running their engine, you're just like playing with a hero with no ability, right? Mm-hmm. But in order to run their engine, um, I don't know. It just seems like you're your like sealed or draft deck has to be like you know pretty good right yep. it's because like the meat axe right like you burn a sixer it goes into your graveyard then it's available to do the banish it for you know Leviah's ability mm-hmm. but um you're just operating with such a limited pool of cards out of your six packs or whatever yeah that uh you know hopefully you're not whiffing on these like you said banishing generics for shane yeah or just like throwing cards into your graveyard for Leviah that don't like help her then right from the graveyard to the banner zone and then out or whatever yeah right yeah definitely and uh <clears throat> i i think as well um oh i completely forgot rocky the cat distracted me <laughs> and i and i forgot what i was gonna say about um sealed play in that sort of thing um hmm. well well there it is it was a good point too <laughs> i was proud of it well we were just talking about the uh like trying to get these like the strength in these two shadow characters are like their engine i mean in all characters but like these especially they're only a character if you have their engine going and uh having it going building these decks out of a very limited of cards is like just in my brain seems pretty tough like you better draw enough you know defense cards sixers um and then brute cards that allow you to banish cards from your graveyard you know it's like a lot of components that you need the right ratios of that's what because you're gonna eat that blood debt like (laughs) one turn with leviah it's like six health (laughs) yeah yeah totally so um and that can be pretty devastating for sure um <clears throat> so yeah what i was gonna say is like in different sealed so in sealed you you get all of the cards right and they can be added or taken out into your minimum of 30 cards right yeah which has been less relevant um outside of like gear not and not really in uh other seal in in welcome to wraith and arcane rising right like the sideboarding aspect is a little non-existent in mm-hmm. those formats but is very very relevant in uh this format like i can see myself maybe sleeving or like trying to play with 40 cards you know so i have sixes to block phantasm mm-hmm. and uh you know other things like that you know right um it's just going to be more, I don't know, relevant your sideboard in Monarch Sealed than in the other um, situations, you know? Yeah, So definitely. And, yeah, maybe you, you know, some clunky sixer that is just going to gum up your hand in one matchup. Maybe you leave out, but maybe you put it in because it's just a blocking card against Prism. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or like um 
you know, maybe you shift so you have more just like kind of generic pumps for your attacks and less attacks so you can block against Bolton without giving him right. the bonuses and that sort of thing. You know, there's just like really specific avenues for certain characters that you need to have a different ratio of cards for. And so keeping that in mind is also important as well. That's a good point. Like a generic non-attack action that blocks for two is like really good just to block an axe. Yeah. Doesn't pump it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Bolton. Cool character. Bolton yeah. is, yeah. you know. I'm happy to see um, some people of color in this game. That was one of my kind of knocks is it was like not representing Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of people. Like seven white guys and a green, yeah, green guy. Yeah, totally. Or seven white people at a right. Yeah, <laughs> not not very inclusive, but we're getting there, which is cool. Okay, you got anything else you want to talk about? Anything that sparked your mind? I think you know that's the that's all the heroes, and we're nice. at an hour and a half By that the, sort of thing. About at time. Um, yeah. I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. I just had a lot of thoughts on like the path the game is taking mostly like a, how cool Monarch is like the play in it is just going to be awesome. And I have a lot of concerns about, (laughs) I'm just really excited to in the future, pull off, get kill you with invert existence, (laughs) you know, on your turn. Yeah. When you're, you've reckless swung me so many times to death (laughs) To just be able to do that to you is going to be great. Yeah, I know it's going to happen. That's what I'm most excited about. <laughs> um, it, is, it is cool that uh, you're getting that tool. Um, I'm, like, also pretty excited. <laughs> this is a pretty lame comment, but I'm, like, <laughs> pretty... <laughs> I'm, like, pretty excited about... So we're getting a large pool of generic cards, and we don't know what a lot of them are yet. Um, oh, yeah. And... You know, traditionally, like, maybe a third of generic cards are, like, really good. Or maybe half, and then some are not. But it's, like, I don't want to overlook, like, the exciting thing is, like, we could get, you know, a rad new defense reaction we don't know about, right? Or, like, just for example. Or a rad new attack action or anything, you know. For example, um, there could be some, like, very cool, just these classes aside, some very cool new additions, right? Like cards like unmovable is like a very key card in the whole game Mm -hmm. you know so it's like we could see a card like that that has that kind of impact not like unmovable but just has that degree of impact in the game which would be pretty wild to have another staple yeah just like you know a, a handful of these generics could like have a lot of weight in this game yeah totally we'll see what happens um this weekend and what kind of cards we see and that sort of thing. What's really cool is just there. It's it's been hard to figure out how to practice for sealed play. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's been a little easier to like load some cards on TTS and play kind of some jank constructed blitz decks, you know, or whatever to kind of get a feel for some stuff. Um, Which is something in of itself, though. Like you have a better feel for the cards. I haven't been doing that yet. Yeah. And I will be, but, you know, just getting a feel for the cards and, like, their value has value. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, another perfect pod. Totally. I think, under our belt. 
the poison the tips lady is on adrenaline rush oh yeah some people really excited about asking about who that is uh and and you answered it yeah (laughs) well that's who it seems like to me yeah and it it seems like you know like probably from the savage lands but who knows where it just seems like the i'm also a huge ranger fan so i want it to be this right but it just seems like her and on poison the tips and on adrenaline rush could be this savage lands ranger totally yeah and like i have on our instagram um i put up all those examples of ragnar from staunch response and how he's in like the back of the bolton art and is also like getting his face melted off in a ring blade card (laughs) you know um which might not be a real thing but yeah, it could be. Also, yeah. I think it is. <laughs> Those little Easter eggs. Um, okay, I guess that's it. Um, look out for our YouTube video next week at the beginning of May. Oh, right. And what, you know, sealed monarch cards we crack. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then how we play them. Yeah. We don't even know yet. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, super cool. I can't wait for that video. Um, and then remember, uh, we're going to have a Patreon by the time the next episode, our first episode in May drops. Um, so you'll get all the details there. Uh, email us at the attack action podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at the attack action podcast. We have an affiliate link with fab foundry. Thank you guys who have been using that. That helps us out. Um, and on it's just a really cool person and a great uh, member of the community, especially here in the uh, Northwest, um, Pacific Northwest, I guess. And there's other Northwests and other places. Anyway, um, I think that's all our plugs, right? We have a YouTube channel too, a few videos up there. Yep. Um, Discord. Check yeah, us I'm, out. I'm you, Jacques. Mr. Beef Hammer. Um, some people have been recognizing me now. Like, hey, great podcast. Oh, nice. You know, on there and that sort of thing. So well, thanks, great. guys. I haven't been on that so much. I got a little burnt out from spoiler season, like in a great way. <laughs> but I've been... <laughs> Colin told me the other day, he was like, you know, I'm kind of mad at LSS for how much, like, they manipulated my emotions during spoiler season. <laughs> it's been a roller like, coaster of a month. I'm kind of upset about it. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm kind of glad it like stopped because it was like my evenings were just full of like texting you and Troy and Thomas <laughs> and Colin and it just yeah. was out of control. Like it was all great. But yeah, I'm like, I mean, I want more spoilers. Don't get me wrong. So, you know, but I'm ready. I'm it was ready just nice that my phone turned off for a minute. For <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Oh, it was just too insane. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. See you next time. Yeah, definitely. Um, Goodbye. Goodbye.